Hello and welcome to the Sincere Yogi Podcast, a podcast for yogis just like you who are seeking more from their yoga practice that you can't get in your average studio class. My name is Sarah and I'll be your host. Hello, yogis, and welcome back to this episode of the Sincere Yogi Podcast. Today, we're going to dive into the second yama of the yoga practice, and that is satya, or truthfulness. If you didn't listen to my last episode about the first yama, ahimsa, I highly recommend backtracking there so that you have a better understanding of what the yamas and niyamas are and how we can implement them into our daily lives and yoga practice. Similarly to how each limb of the eight-limbed path is supposed to be taught or learned in succession to one another, the yamas and the niyamas are set up in a way that each yama kind of plays off of its previous counterparts. Now, satya, similarly to ahimsa, seems very surface level at first, as satya is non-lying or honesty in thought, word, and deed. Now, as this seems like a surface level concept, as with ahimsa, you can take this concept to a much deeper level of practice. It's not just simply speaking your truth, but satya means honoring your truth, acknowledging what that truth is, and living out that truth, which will ultimately result in a very honest and open representation of who you are at your core. And the beautiful thing about satya is when we actually look at the word, the first root word of sat translates to ultimate truth, and it's utilized in other Sanskrit words as well. And when we look at that first root word of ultimate truth and that recognition that we as human beings, as conscious living beings on earth, all have this ultimate truth within us, our higher self, our soul self, that prana, that energy that makes us alive and that makes us conscious as we move through this life. And that sort of ultimate conscious energy is sometimes referred to as atma in Sanskrit. And when we dive into that aspect of truthfulness and how satya can then lead us to that discovery of atma within ourselves, the practice of satya goes very, very deep. As with all of these yamas, The yamas really peel away the layers of our ego so that we can get to those deeper levels of self. And that amplifies when we move into the niyamas. So the yamas are those ethical principles, sort of the do's and don'ts of this spiritual practice, while the niyamas take it a little further into mental observances. And both the yamas and the niyamas allow us to take a step back before we choose to respond to any given situation. And this puts us in that seat of focus and observation before we even get into our asana and meditation practice. 
it also helps to break away some of those karmic conditioned patterns that we all have from this lifetime or previous lifetimes so that once again, we can come back to our core true self. And this all takes time and many, many lifetimes to ultimately achieve. But this is where it all begins. And more specifically, with what we might think is so surface level about the practice. For example, satya, speaking your truth. Now, this is something that we already know and have been taught at a young age not to lie. There's so many different reasons why we shouldn't lie, a few of them being you don't want to be a dishonest person, you usually don't feel great about it afterwards, and when you lie, nine times out of ten, you're constantly playing catch up with yourself, trying to not get caught in that lie, which creates a lot of mental chatter and a lot of disturbances then in your mind. Now, where it gets a little tricky is the idea of a white lie, because if we go back to the very first yama, which is ahimsa, nonviolence, telling a white lie seems like it's in alignment with having compassion and non-harming for other people. But here's the deal. When we tell a white lie, we're actually harming ourselves by not honoring our truth in the situation and we're harming whoever it is that we're lying to by not giving them the truth. Now, oftentimes we tell a white lie when we receive maybe a gift we didn't like or when a friend asks for advice on a certain situation or feedback on a project they're working on. And we're so afraid to hurt our friend's feelings. So in an attempt to not hurt their feelings, we hide the truth from them or maybe beat around the bush and don't really give them a solid answer. Now, in the case of the gift, we don't even have to lie about liking the gift. We can be grateful that somebody thought of us in that way without saying we absolutely love this gift and we're going to put it to use right away. Similarly, if a friend is asking for advice or feedback, they're asking for your honest opinion. They want to learn and grow and receive another perspective. So it's in your best interest and theirs to share that perspective and honesty with them. And we can do so from a place of compassion, speaking truth with tact. We don't have to be harsh with our truth, even if the truth is a little difficult to speak or hear. And something else that we have to keep in mind and be honest about is that we are not responsible for the way somebody else reacts to a situation. If you did your best to speak truth with compassion and tact, then no matter how your friend reacts, good or bad, that's not always a reflection of your honest opinion. Oftentimes, when somebody reacts in a spitfire way, that reaction stems from something deeper that's occurring within themselves. And that's something that we also have to be aware of, is that we have to honor our thoughts and feelings by speaking our truth, being honest and open with our friends and family, but also we have to be honest and open about where some of these thoughts and feelings are coming from and whether or not these thoughts and feelings are valid for this specific situation. 
sometimes we get a very reactionary impulse to speak or behave a certain way. And this reactionary impulse stems from past experiences, karmic conditions, these patterns that we've created over time in this life and previous lifetimes. So giving yourself time and space to acknowledge your feelings, be honest about where these feelings might be coming from, and respond in a way that is in alignment with our truth as well as that compassion. And this act of honoring your feelings and being honest about where they're coming from is also in alignment with satya. And once we start to recognize that we can choose how to respond to our thoughts and feelings while also honoring them, giving them the space that they need to surface so that we can process through and move forward accordingly, we start to acknowledge that there are multiple perspectives and many different thoughts and feelings that occur in any given situation. So in our interactions with others, knowing that our personal truth or perception of a situation might not be as unbiased as we think. Trying your best to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and see their perspective, their truth of a situation, so that ultimately you can look at the situation from a bird's eye view. And this takes a lot of practice in order to come to this point of recognizing your own personal opinions and biases, acknowledging that others have their personal opinions and biases, and doing your best to have an unbiased overall perspective of the situation at hand. Further getting into that concept of ultimate truth. And this is a very honest and humbling experience because this forces us in a way to acknowledge that we aren't always in the right. So you can see how this will really start to break down the outer layers of our being, the ego that we all carry and present out to the world. Another way to look at satya in our everyday life, honoring our own truth, honoring our own feelings, and being open and honest with those around us is by stopping our people-pleasing behavior. So this is something that hit home for me personally as I grew up very much so a people-pleaser, a yes person, saying yes to helping all my friends, saying yes to every opportunity that came my way, and then feeling super burnt out or like I was unable to honor my promises and my commitments because I overbooked myself. And in the end, not only is people-pleasing behavior harmful to yourself because you do usually reach a state of burnout, but when we are constantly saying yes, when we are not honest about our commitments and the time that it'll take for us to complete these commitments, we're not only dishonest about what we can feasibly commit to or not, But we're also moving away from our true self because we're so focused on being kind, being liked, not ruffling any feathers. We're so afraid that other people might judge us or be upset if we say no. And this fear of how we will be perceived 
further pulls us away from speaking our personal truth and acting in accordance with who we are. And this can be a hard pill to swallow, especially when we're looking at ahimsa and we're thinking that by being helpful and by saying yes, we are being compassionate. But to what extent? Because once again, going back to that practice of ahimsa, if we are practicing nonviolence and compassion for all living things, we have to include ourselves in that practice. We have to have love and compassion for ourselves, be honest about what overcommitting will do to us physically and mentally. And practice nonviolence by avoiding that overall state of physical, emotional workload burnout. These examples are very much so in relation to our everyday life and our interpersonal relationships, as well as the relationship we have with ourselves. But how can we now bring the practice of satya onto your yoga mat? Now, while asana is the third limb of the eight-limbed path of yoga, most people in the modern world today are coming to yoga through the asana practice. And once we start to add the yamas and the niyamas into the asana practice, that's when we can really get to the depths of what this practice can do for your body and mind. Of course, honesty is something that we want to practice within ourselves, honoring our feelings, our journey, our experiences, and this holds true on your yoga mat as well. We want to be honest about how we're feeling physically, mentally that day, giving those feelings space to show up on our mat, but also knowing that we have to be honest about where these feelings are coming from and whether or not they're serving us so that we can move through them. And being honest about what moving through those feelings looks like. Sometimes when we get these feelings of frustration or even fear on our yoga mat, we need to challenge these feelings by continuing to move deeper and deeper into our asana practice. and. Other times, when we get these feelings of intense fear and anxiety, we need to take a step back and allow ourselves to breathe and find a calmer state of mind. And this is a practice that takes a lot of getting to know yourself in order to know what you need. So we're finding out how we can best honor our feelings, honor our experiences in the moment. And this honoring of our feelings and experiences is a very honest and open thing that we can do for ourselves. Being honest and open about your asana practice also means that we are aware of when we are pushing ourselves too much. In theory, if we are in alignment with ahimsa, the asana practice should never cause physical harm or damage to ourselves. But sometimes our ego gets in the way of this and a teacher offers a super cool variation of a yoga posture or you see something online that you want to try and your body isn't quite ready for it. And maybe you know this because as you're prepping for your posture, you can feel that your body is resisting and might not be as open and ready for this posture as you want it to be. But 
you're really excited, and so you power through anyway, and you lead to injury. This is a situation we can avoid with both the practices of ahimsa as well as the practice of satya, keeping in mind that our asana practice should never be harmful to our physical and mental well-being, and that acknowledgement of whether or not an asana is or is not beneficial to us in that way stems from that place of truthfulness. As you can see, we're only on the second yama, and we've already dove deep into peeling away the layers of our ego and moving towards that more true, authentic, higher self. Now, as we continue to move forward with the yamas and the niyamas, you'll start to see how they all start to interplay and what this really looks like when we bring these yamas and niyamas onto our mat, into our everyday lives. It's a lot to think about and implement into your life and practice, which is why we're taking these yamas and niyamas one by one so that you have some time to sit and reflect about some of the things we've talked about today and your own personal experiences. So this week, take some time to think before you respond to others. Honor your own personal thoughts and feelings and try to avoid those behaviors that that might be stemming from a space that isn't quite in alignment with your current experience. Try to put yourself in other people's shoes and try to avoid sacrificing your authentic self for the sake of being liked. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave a review, subscribe, leave a rating. Every little bit helps so that I can continue to make content like this for you. I'm excited to dive deeper into the yamas and the niyamas with you, moving on to our third yama in the next episode. I'll see you then. Thank you for joining me on the Sincere Yogi Podcast. If you want to deepen your yoga and meditation practice, check out my workshops and masterclasses on the Playbook app or join my guided meditation series on Insight Timer. If you just want to stop by, say hi, and see what's up, you can find me at The Sincere Yogi on Instagram.